This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Tuesday, January 3rd. Good morning, I'm Jeff Kelly. The agriculture seat in Donald Trump's cabinet will be one of the last top positions filled. But the vacancy isn't expected to last much longer. It seemed last week that Trump would choose a Texan for the position. He interviewed former Representative Henry Benilla, Elsa Morano, former USDA Undersecretary for Food Safety, and Susan Combs, former Texas Agriculture Commissioner. But yesterday, a source close to the Trump transition team confirmed for AgriPulse that former Georgia Governor Sonny Perdue, 70, who interviewed with Trump on November 30th, will likely get the job. Up until yesterday, Morano and Benilla appeared to be the front runners for the position, but Purdue, a former veterinarian, ag business owner, and member of the Trump Agriculture Advisory Team, seemed to be the only one on the glide path toward the nomination. The new nominee is expected to be announced officially this week. Democrats and AFL-CIO remind Trump of trade policy promises. Donald Trump's successful campaign broke the mold in many respects, but perhaps most notably on trade policy. Eschewing the general GOP support for profitable multilateral trade deals, Trump vowed to renegotiate or pull out of NAFTA and effectively kill the Trans-Pacific Partnership, or TPP. That created some unorthodox support for the new top Republican. Representative Rosa DeLauro, Connecticut Democrat, was one of the first lawmakers to pronounce the TPP dead after Trump's election. And she's joining other Democrats and AFL-CIO President Richard Trumka today trying to make sure that Trump doesn't backslide on his trade promises. Trumka, DeLauro, Oregon Democrat, Peter DeFazio, and eight other lawmakers are scheduled to hold a press conference today at 10 o'clock on Capitol Hill to call on President-elect Trump to fulfill his promises to make U.S. trade policy benefit working people. DeFazio, in a statement, said, Given Trump has declared he will launch renegotiations of the North American Free Trade Agreement with his first 100 days of taking office, the speakers will outline what changes to the pact will be required for it to benefit working people. Cotton seems squeezing out some corn acres this year. Cotton is looking to provide a higher return this year than corn, spurring some farmers to make a switch in 2017. That's according to USDA Chief Economist Robert Johannesson. In an audio posting on the USDA's website, Johansson said, we're expecting to see an increase in planted cotton area rising by 5.5% for 2017 to about 10.5 million acres. He continued, we see cotton prices strengthening relative to corn and grain sorghum, so that's why we're seeing a little bit of a switchover, losing some corn acres to both soybeans and cotton. The new forecast from Johansson raises expectations for cotton planting from 10.15 million acres in the latest December 9th publication of the USDA's World Agricultural Supply and Demand Estimates report. The December WASDE report did not raise cotton acreage, but did boost the forecast for yields, production, and exports. USDA reports microloan program activity double from 2013 through 2015. A new study from the Economic Research Service shows that the USDA's Farm Service Agency issued $162.2 million worth of credit under its microloans for farmers program in 2015. That's almost double the $88.8 million in loans that came out of the program in 2013, its first year of existence. 
Data from the report paints a success for the program, which is aimed primarily at assisting beginning, veteran, and historically socially disadvantaged farmers. The summary concluded farmers belonging to targeted groups receiving 89% of all microloans, of which beginning farmers accounted for the majority. Farms owned by women and racial and ethnic minorities received 35% of the credit under the program, and 79% of those loans were also for beginning farmers, according to the study. Kenya suffers setback in agricultural biotechnology sector. The government of Kenya, a net food importer and recipient of international food aid, has thrown a new roadblock in front of biotechnology acceptance. That according to a recently released report from the USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service. The Agriculture Committee for Kenya's National Assembly in December issued an official recommendation that the country not lift its four-year ban on imports of genetically engineered food until new food safety legislation is crafted, that according to the report. No biotech crops are grown for commerce in Kenya, but research and restricted field trials continue for several promising crops, including corn, cotton, and sorghum. Hunts responds to non-GMO tomato criticism. The announcement by tomato giant Hunts that you won't find a single genetically modified tomato among our vines has prompted more than a thousand comments on its Facebook page, many of which accuse the company of fear-mongering. Prominent GMO proponent Ken Falta, who heads the University of Florida's Horticulture Sciences Department, called Hunt's campaign deceptive, noting that there are no genetically engineered tomatoes commercially available. Said another commenter, your ignorance of science means I will never buy Hunt's again. Heinz has always tasted better anyway. Hunt's responded on Facebook, apologizing for the, quote, confusion. Said the company, while it's true that all tomatoes are non-GMO, there are tomato products that contain genetically engineered ingredients. We recently updated many of our tomato products, including diced and crushed, to meet non-GMO project verification standards, so look for the seal at the shelf. That did not satisfy one commenter who said, The only thing you're sorry about is that you got caught in a blatant lie and now trying to backpedal and reword your lie into something else. Well, that's Daybreak for this Tuesday, January 3rd. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by McLeod, Watkinson & Miller, America's most experienced law firm in agricultural and derivatives law, and by the United Soybean Board. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Dowling.